Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is Dead Eye Dave, and we're going to be doing a catch-up episode um, for what we've been watching, so it'll be a pretty interesting time here. Uh, but before we get into that, hey Mike, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about some good movies. I think we've all watched some interesting stuff. Uh, I know I, for one, caught up on a lot of new 2022 releases. Excellent. Yeah, I think we've got a lot to cover on the show. Um, we'll be doing a more traditional show uh, shortly, but we def- we had a lot of movies we needed to catch up on. Uh, Caleb, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Have a have a watch later for the Northmen, so I'm I'm definitely definitely doing well today. There we go. Yeah, I'm extremely excited for it. It'll be an interesting time to see the say the least. Hopefully, it's as fun a theater experience as it was for the Lighthouse, of which was very divided amongst the people I watched it with. <laughs> so, so hopefully we all like it as a group, and then they can all have dissenting opinions in the rest of the crowd, because it makes for a funny time. <laughs> I like the discourse. It's funny. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but what I will say, though, is, Maniac Mike, what have you been watching? All right, so I've got a few movies I'm going to run through. Um... So first, I will start with Ty West's uh, new release movie, X. Uh, Premise of some young people that are taking up residence at at a farm that is, they're renting it from an older couple, and then uh, it goes from there and actually has a lot to say, um, because the uh the 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 younger people are making a porn um which this movie's not going to be for everybody but if you actually dive in and really listen to what the movie's having to say um it actually makes it a a very very good point and uh has some good things to say about life in general um and that it it's totally opposite from the porn perspective. They just use that as kind of a uh, an, an idea to spurn on this bigger idea that Ty West wanted to put in this film. Um, I will say that the movie does take a little while to get going, uh, but once it does, the movie takes off big time. Um, the ending, probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 
uh, really does kind of sneak up on you and come out of nowhere and stick with the movie and watch it to the end and watch for that. And uh, it's really good. I give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, I think this might be Ty West's probably his best film as far as visuals, writing, uh, and stuff like that. It's not my favorite of his films still. I, uh, the Innkeepers is still my favorite Ty West film. Uh, I know Deadite Dave's is uh, House of the Devils. It, may, it might be X now. I don't know. Um, but this is probably his best. But uh, The Innkeepers is still my favorite. But uh, highly recommend X. It's an 8 out of 10. Uh, definitely needs to be checked out. Uh, the next movie that I will talk about was I finally caught up with the 2022 film Uncharted with Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Antonio Banderas plays a really good uh, character in this. And then uh, a woman that I've seen in a few things now, she was in Sabrina, and uh, now she's in this, and there's a couple other places I've seen her, and that is uh, Tati Gabrielle. Uh, she plays kind of a, a villain in this movie, and she's really good. Like, uh, she's very menacing and the way that she can look and act on screen. Um, and she's good, very good at playing that role. Um, but as far as the whole movie goes, this is a turn your brain off, don't think about it, get you some popcorn, a drink, and sit down and just watch the craziness that unfolds on screen because there is some crazy scenes. Yes, it's a very CGI-heavy movie. Uh, you just kind of got to expect that, unfortunately, nowadays. Some of the stuff they were doing in the film just couldn't be done practically. Um, uh, I'll get to a movie here in a moment that has a lot of practical effects, but this isn't it. Um, but Mark Wahlberg, he was fine as Sully. He He's not really a, very true to the character, but he did fine. He didn't ruin it. Um, and then Tom Holland actually was very good as Nathan Drake. Um, and, and I know there's a lot of video game fans out there that are saying, well, they're not true to the, the characters and this and that. And no, they're not, but nobody's going to ever 100% be true to those characters. So it, I'll give them a little bit creative Liberty, but they still made a fun movie. Uh, it's very fun. Indiana Jones esque type film. Um, and it's kind of that, that spring-summer blockbuster, you know, that I wanted to see, and it did not disappoint. Uh, I give the movie a 7. I enjoyed it much more than that, but, it I mean, it does have its issues and downfalls and problems. It's not going to be an Oscar movie, uh, except for maybe visual effects, but I, I doubt that as well. Um, but... If you like Indiana Jones, if you're a fan of the games, uh, if you just want to see uh, some cool action scenes on, on screen, uh, give Uncharted a chance. It is really good. The next movie I will talk about is uh, another 2022 film, and that is Ambulance, the, uh, the Michael Bay film. And this movie is better than it really has any right to be. Um... I went in kind of thinking it was going to be a, a, a rip-off, like, action chase movie. And it is. But 
also it, it actually has a surprising amount of heart in it, and it's pretty well acted by our uh, by our, our leads, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul Mateen, and then uh, Isa Gonzalez. They're they're kind of the the three uh, main characters in it, and they worked really well. Uh, the premise of the movie works really well. It's it's a bank robbery gone wrong, and um, you know shenanigans ensue from there. And there there is a lot of practical effects in this. There's a lot of chase scenes. I mean, they're flipping cars, uh, so I, I really did appreciate seeing that stuff because I, I like seeing how all that stuff works on screen and is happening on screen. And yes, it's classic Michael Bay action, but in a movie like this, it worked really well. Um, so if you're looking for another pretty good action movie that may hit you a little bit in the feels, uh, and, and has some heart to it, I, I recommend Ambulance. Uh, has anybody else seen this one, David? I know you have. Yeah, I, I thought this movie was really fantastic, actually. Um, I'm known to hate Michael Bay pretty bad, but, you know, I go into every movie I can with an open mind, and I, I loved it, actually. I, um... I can't tell if it was because I double featured it with Morbius and Sonic 2 before it, where <laughs> I believe Ambulance was about as good as both of those movies combined. Um, but, um, you know, you. It, it really, it felt like some, some good cinema at the time. But, no, in all actuality, everyone that watched it at the theater thought it was a great movie. Um, you know, it, it was it was a good time. Very nerve-wracking. It is a very tense experience throughout. It's not the type of movie I may ever watch again just because it is an experience that the entire time I was very anxious through. But yeah. that's its intention, and it did its job. It, it's a really good movie and mm -hmm. definitely worth checking out. Yep. All right, good. Um, I give the movie... I really want to give it higher, but it's... I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, the same as Uncharted. Um, although I would say on as far as the actual skill and filmmaking on the technical meter, it is a little bit higher than Uncharted would be. But uh, the enjoyment factor was much higher in Uncharted. And as David alluded to, um, this is a very tense movie. It has some tense scenes to it. Uh, and they're done pretty well. So uh, check out Ambulance. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, it's a very surprising film. Didn't expect uh, to like that one as much as I did. All right, so the last movie I'll talk about uh, is The Batman. Um, came out on HBO Max, and I finally caught it. And I have to say, A, Battinson, he did a good job. Um... I know a lot of people were kind of nervous that he was going to kind of ruin the character, and he did not. He did just fine. Um, I really enjoyed his portrayal of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, and then Zoe Kravitz as uh, Selena Kyle or Catwoman. Uh, she did really good, too. Um, she was a very believable Catwoman. Uh, she has the look. She moves like it, and uh, she, she played that character really well. And then I also want to shout out um, the uh, the villain in this, um, which uh, it's the Riddler. I know that was they they didn't come out and say it, uh, and like a lot of the the pre-release stuff, uh, but you could figure it out really easily. 
Um, so that's not really a spoiler, but the Riddler is probably one of the better villains in the Batman movies that we've had. I mean, he's probably top three or four out of the, what, nearly ten dozen Batman movies we've had. So that's pretty high praise. Um, really, my only complaint is this movie is long. I didn't really get bored, and I wasn't really starting to check out or anything, but I had to pause it and get up and walk around just because sitting there for three hours is a long time to sit there and watch a movie. And so there was a couple times I just had to get up just to, to stretch my legs and stuff like that. And in my opinion, when a movie starts getting that long, uh, there may be some stuff that needs to be done. Uh, but that's really the only thing I can knock it for. Uh, the, the acting is great. The, the filming is great. The movie looks beautiful. There's some really, really good scenes. Um, and I, I think they probably could have cut the rundown, runtime down by about 10 minutes if some of those lingering shots were just three or four seconds, five seconds shorter. Um, but there are some that are necessary and that really add to the ambiance and tense, tense atmosphere of the film. So, you know, some of those are take it or leave it, but it, it really did need it shortened down just a little bit. Uh, but that, that's my only complaint is it was the length. You, you can feel it, uh, watching the film, but it's very, it held my attention. It's very interesting. And, uh, I give the movie a nine out of 10. Um, it is fantastic. It is up there with like the Nolan trilogy as far as uh, craft and skill and uh, just overall quality. Uh, a lot of people have an issue with like the dark and brooding Batman that we saw in this one. Well, let's see where it goes. Let's see where Battinson can go with this because there's some precedent in some of the Batman stories for that style of attitude from him. Uh, so I'm excited to where this, this franchise is going to go and, uh, can't wait to watch more. Uh, like I said, the Batman with Robert Pattinson, uh, nine out of 10. It, it's a fantastic film. Awesome. Really happy you enjoyed that movie. It is, it is pretty great and it is available on HBO max. Um, that was, that is going to be, the movie we'll talk about a little bit later um, and uh, dig a little bit deeper into as far as the feature review goes. Um, but, yeah, I'm really glad that you liked it. It's a good one for sure. Is that what you've been watching? That's all I've been watching. All right. You've been playing any more Elden Ring? Uh, I did finally beat Elden Ring. Uh, took me right at 100 and. 205 hours somewhere through there uh, fantastic game it is a 10 out of 10 it is as close to perfection as they can achieve given their style of game that they choose to make and um, the resources available it, it is about as close to perfect as you can get um, it's fantastic it's, it's not for everybody. As I've said before, it's very, very difficult. But it is a fantastic game. I agree. I like it. That's some pretty good stuff. All right, Caleb, what have you been watching? 
I haven't watched much this month, and the quality of what I've been watching has been on a on a steady decline. Uh, uh, I started the month off with uh, The Devils on Shudder. Um, there you go. That's that's an interesting movie. You, you watch would it pre- you can. Yeah, you'd previously mentioned this to me, and and from what Shutter states is that it, uh, it doesn't come to streaming often. So if you have a Shutter account, I recommend watching it. Um, it it I would say that it would make a great double feature with the Blood on Satan's Claw. I I, I think it works well as like that time period sort of piece. Uh, it takes place in France. Uh, it's based on a true event. And it, it pretty much just covers witchcraft accusations, uh, and it, it's insane. It is—it's it, one of the most controversial films of all time, uh, primarily because of the material it covers and the time frame it came out. But as I said in my review of it, there are two scenes that are cut from the Shutter version that you have to do a deep dive for. Uh, and I don't necessarily feel comfortable mentioning what those yeah, I you know what I those wouldn't uh, state what it is. They're cover, very, very offensive. But if you are if you if you watch this film and then you're curious about the scenes, then go ahead and do a deep dive. Just be careful when you're deep diving. Um, but no, I it was a, it was a great film. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I didn't know how I would feel going into it, but it was definitely worth the watch. Uh, next. I watched Stand By Me. That was uh, that was one that I wasn't expecting really any reaction out of myself. I, I had gotten home from work and said, "Hey, I've been putting watching this off for some time," uh, and then decided that I was going to you know kind of suck it up and watch it. For being children actors, even like Kiefer Sutherland, who is quite young of an actor at this point, everyone did a great job. Uh, definitely one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Uh, if A great watch for really any child who's like middle school... Age, um, some of the terminology and phrasing used in the film is a little bit dated, uh, but that's to be expected from a film that came out in the '80s. But definitely a recommended watch. It's it's on Netflix currently, and I don't usually recommend going to Netflix, especially with everything going on recently. But if you're going to do, if you have a Netflix, certainly should watch it. Uh, after that, I wanted to watch something a little lighter, so I watched The Velocipaster. Um, that was, it's it's currently on Amazon. It's, it's a whopping 70 minutes. So I couldn't really turn that down. I, I've never seen a film besides Kung Pao enter the fist. That is so knowledgeable of how stupid and ridiculous it, it is. Uh, the, I, I'm surprised that it had such the budget that it did. Um, it doesn't really feel like they used any of it. it. It feels kind of like it was all shot in the same general like park in their local area. It it is a must watch. It is one of the funnest films I've ever seen. 
Uh, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's extremely low budget, it, and it, they really do not care how much fun of themselves that they make. So if you have an Amazon account and you have 70 minutes that you want to burn, do it. Um, I ended up going to HBO Max and watching The Last Duel. It was all right. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Ridley Scott didn't really have a you know a fantastic year last year. Um, but I mean, it has a good context. And besides the fact that it's supposed to take place in France, and there's not an accent in the room, and it has some of the the weirdest facial hair makeup that I've that I've ever seen uh, it's well acted it's shot well it has some fun interesting scenes uh, the action sequence it, and it takes you forever to get to the action um, but it, once it gets there it gets there and then I finished off the month currently with Charlie Says uh an interesting take on the the female point of view of the Charles Manson uh, Sharon Tate murders. It's not great. It's really not. It, it tries really hard to kind of beg for sympathy for these women. Uh, and sure, they were in a cult and they were, you know, Manipulated by Charles Manson, but they still murdered someone, uh, multiple people. So, it, and Matt Smith is the Charles Manson character. Isn't doesn't really seem intimidating or scary. They they kind of just tried to make Charles Manson attractive, and it's not it's not doing it for me. So that's currently all I've been watching for this month, and that will be uh, changed. Later tonight when I go to watch The Northman. Very excited for that. It'll be a good time for sure. I have watched a good amount of movies um, as of recent. So I'm going to try and blast through them as quickly as I possibly can here. Um, so I watched uh, Sister, Sister. A pretty interesting Vinegar Syndrome release that they put out. It's pretty good. It's a Southern Gothic uh, take it's a little bit of a slight story so it doesn't have a whole ton of stuff going on but it is worth checking out it's neat it's shot well it's from the director of some of the new live action adaptations of Disney properties um, which is weird to see him doing kind of an exploitation flick here but it's good you can definitely see where the craft came from in the sets I watched a movie called The Privilege another Netflix snoozer um, they threw everything in the kitchen sink at this godforsaken piece of trash, and I've had about enough of that approach from them. Uh, but it's par for the course. I should have known what I was getting into. Rocktober Blood um, is... Uh, uh, Mike, have you seen this yet? Have you seen Rocktober Blood? No, I have, Blood? I have not seen this yet. Uh, you may like it. Um, I, <laughs> it's, it's wild. Uh, it is on Shudder, or it was on their halfway to Halloween. Yep. So I finally got a chance to check it out. It's actually, or for a long time it was. I think it's gotten a release since then. Um, but it, it was really hard to find there for a while. Mm -hmm. But it is on a Shutter. 
It's a, it's a five. It's not a great movie, but definitely worth checking out. I watched the movie Metal Lords, another Netflix movie. It was fine. It, it was, you know, Deathgasm without the metal aspects of it, or without the uh, gore. I mean, it has plenty of metal. Um, it, it's fun. It's a high school drama where, you know, you get your typical people that feel dissociated with reality, and you get your your outcasts that are friends, and then they have their little moment where things don't seem to be, you know, are, you know, going together real well, and then, then it ends up working. It is what it is, but um, it's not a perfect movie by any means. Uh, the Devil's Rejects is up next, and I quite enjoyed that movie, and um, yeah, it was interesting to see that play out the way that it did. And it was, it was cool to see it with, um, you know, the live audience and everything because we saw this after full moon and it, it was just a good time. Um, so that was cool to see, you know, Forsyth and Ken Foray and David Sheridan uh, share their, their perspective on that. Watch Sleepaway Camp, a uh, similar way with Felissa Rose introducing the movie, uh, which was really fun. And then... Um, so the next thing I watched was Subspecies, uh, an interesting little full moon gem. It's a good time. It popped back up on the shutter. So if you haven't gotten a chance to watch this strange movie, it's, it's one of their more iconic ones. Uh, check it out. Watched Intruder, the grocery store horror film, um, as it's referred to often. It's a very good one. That's a good movie. Has a ton of good gore effects and craziness going on. And, uh, yeah, we've reviewed this one a couple times, so I'll basically leave it at that. But It's know, a good it's movie. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Cursed Films got renewed for a season, too. Um, so far, the two episodes I've watched were The Wizard of Oz and Rosemary's Baby. This is a great show. It's really fascinating uh, to look through the film production and, and how people, you know, want to relate the human desire to relate bad events to superstition and, and supernatural things to explain the reasons why sometimes the world just operates in a bad way. Um, it's very fascinating and, and totally worth watching. Um, you know, give that one a watch. I, I believe, Mike, you really liked that one uh, during season one as well. Yes, I've started it too, and uh, whenever I get, whenever all the episodes are dropped, I'll give a review of it as well. Okay. Uh, then I watched The Cellar, another Nef or Shutter original, I mean. This one was okay. Um, it's not one of their better entries by any means. Um, it has a cool haunted house story to it. Um, has some entertaining elements. And I, I kind of like its mathematical approach to things. Uh, so it was kind of fascinating. It had some cool concepts. But the overall script left a little bit lacking in the end. I uh, watched a, another Netflix dud called Choose or Die, according to them, starring Robert England, although he's just a voice in the movie. Um, he's never in it. Um, this thing sucks ass. I'm done with it. Uh, so basically, you it's a DOS-type game, like uh, where you're choosing two different things on the green screen. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like one of those adventures, except it turns into real life somehow um, due to 
curses or some crap. I forgot what they explained it as, but this this just sucks. Like, ah, uh, oh, I don't know what they're doing. I decided to follow that up with uh, some Easter-related horror films. So I watched Bunny Man, Grindhouse Edition, where they added a fake and terrible-looking uh, CGI film grain filter over it and did random editing decisions to stop motion it, kind of like the Devil's Rejects did. Yeah, this, this reeks. This was terrible. Um, the editing decisions were baffling. They would put stock footage in the movie that didn't look like the movie and then would act like there's plot sense such as wormholes that would randomly pop up in the story that have nothing to do with it just to explain why the, their stock footage looks different than the movie. I'm not kidding. I have no idea how this got made. It's a shame that it did and it sucks. It's a zero. It's, uh, those don't come around very often. It, it was insipid and shameful. Uh, now, let's talk about shameful. What I decided to do is watch The Bunny Man Massacre, the sequel to Bunny Man Grindhouse Edition, as if I didn't have enough. That movie's bad. Oh, it sucks even worse. Uh, <laughs> have you seen this one? <laughs> I actually attempted to watch The Bunny Man Massacre here a year or two ago on Easter. Yeah, I I stopped after about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and it's an hour and fifty minutes long. Yep, and I watched every minute of it, and I wish I didn't. It sucked. Um, the first one at least had the funny little editing choices that that were really stupid to kind of laugh at. No, this was one of those single location torture flicks because they had no money other than to do cheap looking torture, and it was terrible looking. There's no real gore. It was all CGI blood, and in this one you get to follow the Bonnie Man and his associate, who's a scumbag. So you don't have any heroes, you're following around the two murderers as they murder helpless victims. That's all this movie is, and it sucks. It's another zero. Two zeros in a row for that franchise, and guess what? There's another Bonnie Man movie, and at some point I need to watch it. But that day is not today. Not today, Satan. Critters 2. Now, this was the Easter you know, bounce back I had to get. This one's rad. This features some cool Easter bunny elements. Um, it does take place on Easter, so it's fun, goofy. Um, it's directed by Mick Garris, who did Sleepwalkers and a bunch of other stuff. He's pretty active in the horror community. Uh, really good movie. I believe, Mike, you, you enjoy this one quite a bit. Oh, yes. Yeah, Critters yeah, uh, 2 is rad. I, uh, I enjoy going down to the Hungry Heifer about once yeah. every <laughs> two years or so. <laughs> I like the Hungry Heifer myself. It, it's, it's a good time. Um, All Hallows' Eve, I decided to watch to, to finish it off. I was showing Maddie some movies that, that I'd seen that she hadn't watched yet. And uh, this was it. It's the start of Art the Clown from Terrifier. It's a really, really low-budget uh, anthology feature from 2013, and it's good. I mean, with the budget they were working with, and this was right before the big indie movie boom, where it became really popular and, and in class for a lot of these streaming services to make these movies. It wasn't the case with this one, um, so it was before that one, 
uh, you know, some of those movies started blowing up. So it didn't have the, the generosity of a little bit of a bigger budget to work with. This is pretty micro-budget stuff, but it's good for what it is. Definitely worth checking out. Um, so then I watched a movie called You Are Not My Mother. Um, it's an interesting film that's available currently on digital on demand. Um, and it's good. It's a, it's a slow, atmospheric um, family drama slash horror in the vein of Hereditary and the movies that have kind of spawned from that. And uh, it's creepy and good. It's Irish as well, so I know, uh, know you all like your Irish horror movies. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely worth checking this one out. Um, quite enjoyable. And then I watched on 420, of course. I had to. Guess what? Evil Bomb. One, two, and three. Because why not? So why, what else can I say? These movies suck, but I like them anyway. And then I watched Star Wars Episode One on The Phantom Menace. No, Caleb, I did not give this a favorable review. Um, by, by score alone, I do enjoy the movie. And it looks great on the 4K Remastered Collection, by the way. Um, you know, it, it has a lot of highs and lows. It's basically the reason it's a five. There's some of my favorite moments in the entire, uh, you know, series in this movie. Uh, there's some of my least favorite moments in the entire series with this entry. Jar Jar was at his worst. Um, some of the over-CG elements of this movie really have aged themselves very poorly. Um, and it's a slow-paced political drama through 80% of the movie. And it really shouldn't be, because it's not a good one. Um, so it has a lot of good elements and a lot of bad. And it kind of evens out in the middle with me. Um, with an interesting movie that I enjoy watching, but not perfect. Then I watched Star Wars Episode Two. Um, better, better movie. Step in the right direction. I like it. Um, it has even worse acting to a degree. It really struggles until it hits about the middle. But at least by the midway point into through the end, this movie's pretty good. And then it all encapsulates with Episode Three, which is rad. That's a great movie. Um, that movie just works really well. So I've gone through most of the entire Star Wars franchise. I'll get into those just briefly um, to continue on. Then I watched Solo. Mike, I have come around on Solo a little bit. It's not as bad as I once thought it was. Still not awesome. a still not a particularly good movie. Don't get me wrong. But in, in viewing it in the lens of it's a heist movie, not a Star Wars movie, I like it. Yep, I think more doing. That. I agree. It's it's only maybe a six. Maybe that's what a I just seven that's, film. Yeah, that's what I ended up giving it. It has some cool visuals. I like it its practical return to practical effects uh, more. So you get some puppets and stuff like that, um, and the story is pretty good. I just think it has to be taken out of context of the Star Wars universe in a way, although it desperately tries. So it's pretty hard. Um, it mm -hmm. really tries to explain a bunch of stuff it didn't need to um, to get there. I think had this been a leaner movie at like an hour and 30 minutes and really just focused on being this heist movie with Han Solo and maybe a couple of callbacks instead of every single callback possible to, to the original trilogy, uh, this would have been a pretty fun movie. Um, but ultimately, I think franchise fatigue hit in at this point. And uh, it really, really struggled. 
Uh, but it's a it's a fine film. Rogue One is amazing. I love that movie. Um, and it's so good. It adds weight to the original trilogy. It really adds the stakes and shows you how important this mission really was. Um, what went through to make it happen. The cast of characters, even though you get them for just a short amount of time, are built up really well. It's just a great film overall. Uh, Star Wars, uh, New Hope, what else can I say about this thing? It's an amazing movie. It's a nearly flawless film. Um, you know, and it looks great on 4K, uh, Blu-ray. Uh, then, of course, you know, Empire Strikes Back, it's, I think, the best entry in the series from both a technical meter as well as an entertainment level. I think it's probably the best of the group there. Um, and definitely worth checking out. Uh, Return of the Jedi is my least favorite of the original trilogy, and I think a pretty significant step down from the first two, but still a fun movie. I actually think part three is better. <laughs> in a lot of ways, uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, I think, is a better movie. So there is a prequel that's better, I think, than one of the entries in the original trilogy. Uh, then I watched Episode 7, The Force Awakens. It's fine. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, I like it quite a bit. It sets the ground rules, I think, for it pretty well. It's It treads very familiar territory, but it's still entertaining. And then uh, that was what I've watched so far of the Star Wars series. Then I go back and watch The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nick Cage and, um, and Pedro Pascal in this movie. Uh, and both of them are great. The movie's trailer, I think, did this movie more hurt than it did helping it, honestly. It's, a, it's not as weird as you would think which is strange, but it's, I wouldn't call it a normal movie by any means, but it made it seem almost avant-garde where this movie really is just a buddy movie. Like it's a buddy comedy with some callbacks to Nick Cage's career. Um, it's very self-referential and interesting uh, look at the person, Nick Cage. Um, it's both a mythological kind of thing, but also humanizes him. And I think is interesting because you get to see him as a big film fan. He's kind of your relatable character, um, so to speak. So, you know, he's talking about, you know, classic movies like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and, and stuff like that, um, where he's just obsessed with this stuff. And uh, it's just cool to see him at a kind of be the relatable character in this movie. It's a little bit slight, though. It doesn't have a whole lot of things to say, but it, it really doesn't have to. It's just a fun, easy-to-watch uh, movie that I think people will enjoy. It's just, well, you gotta, you got to see it first. <laughs> Flesh Eater is an interesting movie from uh, Hensman, uh, who was known as the uh, ghoul uh, from Night of the Living Dead that ate um, the person in the uh, cemetery. So one of the first on-screen zombies and one of the most iconic ones. And he decided to capitalize on that by making a movie of basically him as a zombie and creating a zombie horde and mixing that with shot-on-video sensibilities and cheesiness. It's pretty fun. It's a good time. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome released this in 4K, um, and it looks great, actually. has some cool regional elements. Um, you know, you're... you're fields and rural area fun this one's really good i think both of you would get a kick out of this uh this one for sure it's one to one to check out if you get the chance watched uh gene rollins fascination 
this is his most popular movie, and it is great. It's not going to be for everybody, but it was a good time getting to finally check this movie out. It was rad. And last but not least, guys, are you ready for this? I watched Android Cop, starring Michael Jai White and an Asylum production. You guys do not seem very thrilled about this one at all. Um, Yay. It's, it's, yeah. it's directed Yay. from the guy who brought you Six-Headed Shark Attack. Yay. And that's all you need to know. It's got Michael Jai White, who's not the android cop. Um, the, android <laughs> co the android cop <laughs> comes later and is basically a guy who shows up, saves Michael Jai White's life in a situation, and then their buddy... It's a buddy cop movie between Michael Jai White and the android cop who has a suit more akin to the, the Ninja Turtles Christmas special than it does the action movies it's mimicking. It's bad, but pretty funny. I had a good time with it. Did I convince you guys to watch this one? Absolutely not. Yay. No. Gosh, dang. What a tough audience, man. And we rejoiced. All right. Well, that's all I've been watching. I watched. I just rattled off like twenty films. So, you watched some good stuff, man. Uh, uh, some some terrible stuff too. So, yeah, it happens. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna briefly get into our overall thoughts of the Batman, real quick. Um, that's a movie that I think people are going to be interested in our opinions on. I know Mike kind of covered it um, a little bit on his what we've been watching segment. But now it's available on HBO Max, and I'm just going to go through like general thoughts. Uh, Caleb, what did you think of this one? Of uh, the Batman? That is correct. Oh, man. Um, I was very excited, uh, even from when it was previously the Ben Affleck Batman solo film that he himself was directing, which I feel like a lot of people forget. Um, but... It was the first time I Batman has felt like an actual detective. I, it, like multitude of sequences of him, be, tr you know, just trying to be a detective. It was gritty. It was dark, it, but not in the ways that the Warner Brothers cinematic universe tries to make their DC films. Uh. Every performance was brilliant. I, I do agree with Mike. I, I watched this in a theater, and I agree with Mike that it felt like a few times you had to like stand and walk up, or walk around, because it it has a pretty pretty long runtime. Which, after a particular part of the film, I was like, "All right, it's time to start wrapping this up," and then it continued for what felt like another thirty minutes. So, it's long, and you'll feel that. But it, it doesn't feel like anything is really forced. It all feels like it's kind of consistent. It, it's a consistent story. It, it continues on. It, it has some pretty good humor about it as well at some points. Um, it, it checked all my boxes when it came to me being excited. Good deal. Yeah, I saw this in the theater as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long, long movie for sure. Um, I loved it. I thought Robert Pattinson did a great job um, as the Batman. I never thought that he wouldn't. 
I, I was pretty sure this would turn out really well. Um, some of the stuff that surprised me though was just how well shot it was. There's some really cool elements here. Um, I'm sure they'll continue it. It's been a pretty good success both critically, um, user reactions, and the general public as well as uh, financially. Um, so I have little to no doubt that this is going to be a pretty successful film for them and one they're going to want to capitalize on. And now that it's on HBO Max, it's available for everyone to check out. I gave it a, a 9 out of 10. Um, not quite perfect, I think, for the same reasons you guys agree, well, agree on. I just think it's a little too long. I think they probably should have just waited on some of the stories they wanted to go into for another entry to make this not quite as long of an experience because it is... My lands. <laughs> it's pretty rough sometimes. But uh, either way. Yeah, it's it's just shy of three hours. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I think, like maybe six minutes shy of three hours, something like that. Um, and you were talking about some of the shots in this, and I totally agree. There's one of them with some gunfire in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that shot's amazing. There's an upside-down shot um, where kind of Batman's walking out of a out of a car wreck that I'll, I'll be totally honest Batman looks like a badass oh yeah when he was when he was just walking slowly out of the, the fire and flames and the shots upside down so it looks even cooler mm-hmm yeah there's just some really cool stuff I mean cra the craftsmanship that was just put into this movie is, is extremely high yep. um I, I personally think this is my favorite movie adaptation they have done of the batman um just it's it's what i want out of that character um you know that darkness is part of what i think is interesting about you know some of the, the characters i like the frank miller um you know comic adaptations and stuff like that of batman and his interpretations and, and similar stuff to that and i think this is more in line of what we're getting here so uh, pretty fascinating stuff and uh, overall, a great movie. And it's a 9 out of 10 uh, for me. And uh, Mike, uh, how about you close us off on any final thoughts about this one? Uh, it's just a fantastic movie. I, I, I was surprised that it was truly as good as it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, I'm glad you, you all enjoyed it. I, don't, I would imagine most of our audience base is going to think pretty similarly. I know... Uh, Steven Senegal uh, yep. liked it pretty well. He gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, he didn't like it, I think, as much as probably we did for, you know, obvious reasons. I think he'd he'd be happy going back to kind of like the more Tim Burton-style Batman, um, a little bit more lighthearted um, than this. But, but um, you know, there, and there, there's a place for that, too, I think. Mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, it's just cool. I, I think it's a really cool adaptation and uh, one one that's definitely worth checking out. But either way, that brings us to the close of the show. Does anyone have anything they want to add before we close out? Nope. No. Thanks I'd, for listening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It. We're, uh, we're going to be back here shortly and having a good time with it. Um, so we're just kind of doing our shows at different intervals than we were before, having less like padding episodes and stuff like that to be able to focus on having more uh, you know, varied content and stuff like that. So uh, just keep, keep checking us out and uh, keep sharing us with your friends and you'll have a good one. 
And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.